how will the Hawks handle the draft and the offseason? It's about drafting the best available talent to help upgrade our team. Welcome to the Hawks Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black, filling in today as we shift into a new era of Hawks coverage with our new beat reporter, Lauren Williams. And Lauren, it's your first week on the job. You actually wrote your first two stories yesterday, and you've got quite an assignment now trying to figure out what the Hawks are going to do with this draft pick on Thursday. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of different things. You know, Landry Fields has done a lot of heavy lifting. I'm sure he's got his scouts all on the ground, you know, looking for the best talent because that's kind of what they're looking for. Right, so we got a pretty big roundtable coming up today. Our columnist Michael Cunningham is here. So is our sports features writer Gabe Burns to help break down what the Hawks may do in this draft or should they even keep the pick at all and how Atlanta must remake this roster heading into the next season. If you're listening to us for the first time, please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. The Hawks Report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, so before we begin, uh, Michael, you spent some time on the, on the Hawks beat. Got any advice for Lauren as she uh, starts to navigate her way through the mean streets of the Hawks press room? Yes. Take days off. well if you want to get to know lauren go back one episode on this feed but lauren comes to us after covering the pistons in detroit and first lauren as someone who watched the hawks from the outside in 2021 when they overperformed and in 2022 when they underperformed where is this team right now to you you know i don't think that they're at a complete tear down have to rebuild this roster from the ground up i think they have A lot of great pieces in place that they can definitely build around. Obviously, they have, you know, Trey Young, who, you know, will want to have a championship team, you know, built around him in the next five years. So obviously, this team is going to want to find someone who he can, you know, lean on, especially as a ball handler, somebody who also brings some defense to this team, because that's something that uh, general manager Landry feels definitely put an emphasis on in his pre-draft availability on Monday. And they're definitely going to want to have some veteran presence around who can help bring that along. So I think this team has obviously a lot of things to address, but it's not as dire as some might think it is. Here's what Hawks GM Landry Fields thinks. Uh, look, we've, we've still got a ways to go. we still got a young group, and we still got areas, especially defensively, where we've got to continue growing to to put an exact time frame on that is difficult because you're working with nuance and complexities of humanity. But at the same time, our guys are hungry and they've been working hard. And for us in, in the front office and collaborating with our coaches, I think that we've done an extremely good job this, this offseason and hopefully sets us up well for the future. Michael, on a scale of 1 to 10, one being, or 10 being a total blow-up of this roster, 
How much will it change by the time the season starts in October? I'm going to say seven. That's a lot. Yeah, I think obviously – I think it's interesting what Phils was talking about that uh, defense has to come – a lot of it has to come internally from the culture of, of, of uh, stressing it and repetition and uh, valuing it. And uh, obviously the Hawks haven't had that. The challenge with that is obviously their best player is not a good defender. He's just not uh, – it's not something that people – and the organization want to say too much out loud, obviously. But, uh, you know, Nate, last year when you talked to him a lot after a lot of games, like, you know, we're, we're not keeping the ball in front of us. We're not keeping the ball in front of us. And a lot of that is, is Trey Young. So um, you have to construct a roster that takes his limitations, his size limitations into in consideration. And I think that's where we're going to see some of the changes. When you see some of the guys they've been linked to, it's a lot of these big wings um, you know, they, it was supposed to be Cam Reddish was supposed to be that guy. He's gone. DeAndre Hunter kind of still hasn't been consistent. So I think that's where we're going to see a lot of the tr- changes is getting a lot more size on, on, the, on the perimeter. Gabe, how hard is it to kind of, I mean, you almost have to remake the identity of this team, right? Yeah, in some ways. I mean, in, improvement can be internal, but, you know, there are some personnel issues. And what Michael was saying about building around Trey Young, you're kind of going to have to put certain players around him when you have somebody that, that that is that limited defensively. You know, the front court wasn't – you know, their front court isn't really, like, a big problem, but clearly they're motivated to make some changes there. It sounds like this is finally the off season that John Collins gets moved. I know we've been talking about that for a couple of years now. It sounds like this might finally be it. Uh, Clint Capella has been rumored to be out there, and obviously that would mean a bigger role for Okongwu, which – I mean, I would like to see. I think there's a lot of upside there. I think there's a lot more than um, we've seen so far. But, yeah, uh, going back to what Michael said, you have guys that are linked to, like, Jeremy Grant, these switchable guys, these three, four types. And I I think that that's kind of the mold of player that they're looking for to put around Trey. If you Google Hawks, the first word that pops up after Atlanta almost is rumors. Lauren, what are you hearing? What are the, what are the chances that the Hawks make a big move? You know, I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Hawks make a big move. Obviously, again, they have a lot of needs to address. And in his uh, pre-draft availability on Monday, Landry Field said there are several ways that this team can address some of those needs, whether that's in the draft, free agency, or making a trade before the draft. Now, one thing that popped up is that you know, someone asked him whether those trade talks would kind of ramp up before the draft. Obviously, we're recording this on a Tuesday. The draft happens on Thursday. So a lot can happen between now and then. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks make a deal to move up or if they sit tight where they are. I think they can go either way. Here's Landry on trying to navigate all these trade rumors. Well, I mean, it seems natural based off of, you know, where we wanted to go this season and how it ended up. And so... We've, you know, there's quotes in the media of us wanting to get better. So I think there's been times where teams and media and such have definitely locked into that and the chatter starts. Um, but for me, it doesn't seem any different than the past couple of years. Like we're doing our job to make sure that we're calling teams and seeing what's out there and then teams are doing their job and they're calling us as well. So perhaps it's just more out there for you guys this year. Gabe, should the Hawks make a big move? Yeah. Uh, you know, really, unless you're Golden State, uh, I think you should be considering a lot of things, every team in the league. Uh, this team could use a shakeup. 
they have admitted that maybe they miscalculated bringing back that team that went on that run that was, you know, I don't like the word fluke, but, I mean, it was certainly a surprise run and they didn't come close to replicating it this past year. The Heat series exposed a lot. Uh, really, if you watch the playoffs, it showed you, you know, the type of team, the type of defense that you have to play, even Dallas, uh, obviously Boston and Miami, Golden State, and the Hawks are just nowhere close to that defensively. So, yeah, there's going to be – there's there needs to be a makeover. I'm not saying – you know, I like the Rudy Gobert idea. Uh, Michael wrote about it recently. But I'm not saying it has to be something splashy, but I think there need there needs to be some personnel changes. Michael, why do you like Rudy? <laughs> I mean, he's an elite defender. We're talking about uh, perimeter defense. Obviously, he's – He's not a, a perimeter, but he helps your perimeter defense because he just shrinks the floor. It's, it's amazing when you look at uh, the opponent shot charts for him. Like, they don't try any much in the paint. <laughs> like, I mean, it's all mid-range. It's all threes. And that really takes the pressure off your uh, perimeter finisher. It actually allows them to take some more chances because if their guy gets by them, well, there's Rudy. So, um, but, I mean, it's going to take a lot to get him, obviously. I mean, Utah has no – Pressure to really move him, I guess, except maybe internally if they think Donovan Mitchell wants him gone. But if Mitchell wanted him gone, I thought he would have probably been gone after he gave him COVID. And that, and that, <laughs> and, I mean, and that didn't happen then, so I don't know if it would happen now. And Utah can just wait. You know, Rudy's under contract. They have a good team. They can just wait. So they can wait for a big package. So it, it would take. it's hard to evaluate these things beforehand without knowing what the Hawks would have to give up. But I just know that if they were going to make a big – big move he's obviously the kind of guy that you would do it for does john collins have to go for somebody big to come here it's starting to seem that way and uh i mean i, I think i'm higher on john than, than a lot of the fans uh it's kind of weird how much they're down on him it's like oh he's just he's just a three and d big well i mean that's a lot man <laughs> well, what's wrong with <laughs> <He's> that <laughs> yeah i mean that, that's a lot he shoots he shoots threes at a good at a good percentage on a pretty high volume. You know that's something he didn't have when he came in. He's a excellent pick and roll player. Uh, his defense has gotten a lot better. I think early in his career he got the, the tag of not being a good defender, but that was because he was playing out of position a lot as, as a, at the center, just trying to bang with guys. But to me, he's he's a good big. So to me, if you get rid of him, you need to get something good back. You don't just get rid of him just because he's not a good fit because he's you know he doesn't really put the ball on the floor. I mean, wh what he does is a lot. So I don't think it should be you know discount it Lauren yeah I think that one of the things that this Hawks team definitely needs is defense and I think if we add somebody or I think if they add somebody like Jeremy Grant who is a great perimeter player who has definitely unfolded a lot more parts of his offense and you know he's become a bit more of a versatile guy I think that this team would complement his skills and he would complement the the skills that this team has I know one of the reasons that he moved on from the Denver Nuggets a couple of years ago to, to the Pistons is to have that bigger offensive role. But I think on this Hawks team, he has the potential with that because now he has an experienced point guard in Trey Young who can you know work with him in the, pick and, in the pick and roll. And on top of that, he's a great help side defender, and that's something that this Hawks team needs. So the fact that he's already miles ahead in terms of defense, I think that's something that this team could definitely benefit from. Gabe, we've seen pretty much everybody else not named Trey Young attached to some kind of rumors. Who else outside of John Collins do you think would be the most likely to go and could get a big return? 
Well, I don't know about big return, but it seems like Gallo won't be here. That's just part of the structure of his contract. I, I mean, I'd be surprised to see him back. You know, obviously Boggy's injury kind of affects his value. I can't imagine that he would, you know, be appealing on the open market. But when you're making these kind of deals, you have to match contracts, and that's a big part of where John Collins comes in. I think certainly moving Capella, if there is interest, I know there was rumors that the Timberwolves were interested. Uh, obviously, they'd have to play Towns more at the four if that was the case. But if if there's interest in Capella, I could certainly see that. Um, you would think he would be part of a Gobert trade if it if that did happen. Um, but maybe that again, like it, it's so much of the NBA, you're obviously matching salaries, and that's the thing about the Hawks is at least they do have some of these big salaries that can help you know piece together a deal, but. As far as guys that would fetch big returns, um, I think Collins is, is certainly your best trade ship there. Michael, how untouchable would you consider DeAndre Hunter to be, or is he untouchable at all? I would say not very, um, <laughs> especially because they have to make a decision on whether to, to – well, they don't have to make a decision, but they can decide to, to, to extend him now. I think you do it if you can get him at a kind of what you consider kind of a below market type deal, which – probably possibly can because he's been injured. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of tape. He doesn't have a lot of, of uh, proof that he's a consistent NBA rotation quality player. It's all been flashes like we saw in the final game against the Heat where you're like, man, why can't this guy be like this more often? And he's just not really an aggressive attacking type player all the time. But when he is, it looks good. But can he do that all the time? And also, can he stay healthy while doing that? Um, so to me, he's not at all untouchable. It seems that the Hawks have a very high opinion of him and obviously they have all you know more of the information than, than we do as outsiders they get to evaluate him every day closely and, and talk to him and, and see see where his head's at but to me if if you have to get rid of him to uh or not get rid of him you have to trade him to to get a big piece i think i think it's worth doing lauren from the outside what is what is kind of the rest of the league feel about deandre um, I definitely agree with Michael there. I think very few players on this roster are untouchable unless their name is Trey Young. And I think that that consistency piece is going to play a big factor in whether teams decide to add, that, add him to their roster. I think that, you know, what he showed in the playoffs against Miami is it's, it's a good sign that that potential is in there. But unless he can do that consistently not not many teams are going to want to take that chance on him and so I think I think he's a great young piece for this Hawks team and I think that they should hold on to him just because of the potential that they've seen and you know there's something to be said about continuity but if they decide to move on from him obviously there are things that we haven't seen that tell them he's not you know part of the future that they see for a championship winning organization. All right, now let's go ahead and look at the pick at number 16, which is not the most glamorous pick there ever was, but you can still find a good player there. You know, John Collins was 19. But, Lauren, what are the chances with all these rumors flying around and everything going on that the Hawks actually pick at 16 on Thursday and or keep the pick? You know, as, a, as I mentioned before, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to go ahead and make a trade. Um, you know, there's a reason why the guys in that top 10 – or even the top 15, or excuse me, top 14, are lottery picks. They're all versatile players, all NBA-ready players. And while Landry Fields doesn't necessarily think that the person who comes into the organization on Thursday is going to be the savior of the franchise, 
you know, it's still important for this team to get somebody who could potentially contribute on day one just to move the needle a little bit further, a little bit faster. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see any three-team uh, trades going on just to make sure that everybody's getting a piece of the pie that will best serve their franchises, especially with this team not necessarily having a ton of assets that seem to be grabbing attention from other other franchises. I mean, obviously we have John Collins and Clint Capello, who you know a lot of people have shown interest in interest in. But with their contracts being as big as they are, that may, be, that may be a deterrent for some teams to actually make the move. So if they can bring in another person, another team, then, you know, that could potentially be what tips the decision um, over the edge. As for the plan, here's Landry. There's only a few times each year where you can really upgrade your team, and one of those is the draft. And in this league, you need talented players to win basketball games. So... Um, we try to get too caught up in positional needs in the draft. It is still very much a best player available approach. Um, and how that looks, if it fits with the need, fantastic. But at the end of the day, like we, and we have to categorize to where that drop off is. And maybe at that point, need becomes more important. So, Michael, how should they approach this? When you're down at 16, should be you be going for a need or just trying to find the best guy available? Best player available, that's what they always say, but that only goes so far. I mean, <laughs> you're going to draft a point guard? You got Trey Young. You just drafted Sharif Cooper. I mean, do you really want to draft a third point guard? I don't. Possibly not. I mean, only one. Of, I mean, there's really only enough minutes for for two guys to play that position. Uh, so it only goes so far. Best available, right? Um, to me, you, when you're down at 16, you do try to kind of find a need, and you find the best player available who fits that need. I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Gabe and Lauren have been digging into the possible options. We'll take a look at that next on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, now we cannot do this podcast for free, and frankly, our journalism without the power of the subscribers to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And this just in, the AJC does have a special flash sale up right now, and it's our best deal of the year. For a limited time, you get unlimited digital access to the AJC for six months for just 99 cents. That is all of our Hawks coverage, all of our sports coverage, every column that Michael writes, breaking news, politics, investigations, food and dining, everything on AJC.com, the e-paper, and our newsletters, including the new Bradley's Buzz from Mark Bradley for less than a buck for pretty much the rest of the year. So to get the best journalism in Georgia, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Here's GM Landry Field sizing up this draft. What's been sort of a surprise about this draft is just how deep it's actually turning out to be. Uh, we feel great at 16. But, you know, if there's a chance for us to, to move up and, and get, get a player that we really like there, or if there's a chance for us to move back and, 
you know, get something in compensation for that, that's what we're going to do because that's ultimately going to help us get better and more than just on the court. Gabe, you've been digging through what the Hawks can't and should do with this pick. And I saw in your story that you wrote the word defense or some derivative of defense seven times. So I guess that's where they're leaning. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we touched on that earlier, that that's, that needs to be the priority. Again, you look at, you know, how these teams were succeeding in the playoffs and you look at what the Hawks lacked in the playoffs. So there's a few guys, fortunately for them, in that range. If they do end up using the pick, you have a guy like, you know, we were talking about it uh, before we started recording, but Tari Eason, the forward at LSU, that's a guy who's he's a good athlete. He's really active defensively. He was piling up steals and blocks. And I think that in this range, typically the upside is pretty limited because obviously the guys with the high ceilings are going in the lottery. But when you have somebody like that who has the foundation he has, you would think there's a little more room for growth. Uh, and this team, this team is pretty good at drafting too. So I think that they'll find somebody that you know maybe can help. That's another thing is you you want someone who can if you do end up using this pick again you want someone who can kind of help you in the immediate future because when you have a guy like Trey you're always on the clock now right in today's league so if you have another year like what you just had all of a sudden you know this conversation changes a little bit and there's a bigger sense of urgency so this thing can flip really quickly this team can't really afford another underwhelming year and the best way for them to kind of flip this thing and get this thing going again it's just going to be addressing the defense and making a few personnel changes and maybe that involves moving the 16th pick but if they end up using it then you have a you know a cheaper guy who you hope can you know develop and work his way into the rotation michael anybody there you want to see i like easton as well um it's got good size you know he's a uh, blocks the steals. He's got the athleticism. Uh, I think one time, one thing with this team is uh, they don't really have a lot of speed and athleticism as a team. I think you saw that this year with their trouble defending in transition. I think John Collins is really the only plus plus athlete they have at a position. Maybe Clint Capella a little bit, but I think a guy like Eason really could improve your athleticism. Uh, the only thing with him, he's not. He's kind of a low-volume three-point shooter. You don't know if he's a shooter. He's, you know, he had a lot of turnovers, so you don't know if he can be that off-the-ball guy playmaker you're looking for. But everything else, I like, especially uh, that low in the draft. Lauren, if they do trade up and get into the top ten, is there somebody there that they should be targeting? Yeah, uh, I definitely think that they should target somebody like Benedict Matherin, who is a hard worker very athletic guy who has great instincts when it comes to cutting to the basket. And he's an unselfish player. I got the opportunity to talk to his assistant coach last week, uh, just before I left my previous job. And he seems by far an all-around good guy who would be a great locker room addition, as well as a talented player on the floor. In addition to that, I think that the team could take uh, Ohai Agbaji. You know, he's a a multi-level scorer. He is an, another unselfish player. So I think there are a ton of options available to this Hawks team if they decide to move into the top 10. What does the industry kind of think of the depth of this year's draft? Is it there? You know, I, I know a lot of people have knocked this draft class for being a bit weaker than last year's. I mean, obviously, you're not going to have Cade Cunningham's or Jalen Green's or Evan Mobley's walking around you know, every single day. But I think that the top three guys in this year's draft class are at the top th in the top three for a reason. I mean, Chet is called a unicorn. 
You've got uh, Jabari Smith, who can knock shots down. And you've got a very athletic guy, in, or you've got uh, a guy in Paolo Bancaro who can score at multiple levels. So I think that this draft has a ton of pieces that, you know, have the potential to develop into perennial uh, all-stars. Um, so I think that we shouldn't knock it until we see it, because I think even in the years before, uh, the class with Anthony Davis and LaMelo Ball, that class wasn't deemed uh, one of the best in, that they've seen, but we've already seen dividends being paid off with uh, Edwards helping the Minnesota Timberwolves get to the playoffs, and we've seen uh, how much of a highlight-worthy uh, player LaMelo Ball is. So I think there's a lot of potential there. Gabe, who are you taking at number one? Yeah, that's a that's a really hard question. Obviously, there's a there's three really good guys. You, there's a real argument for all three of them. I think that you know shooting is uh, Jabari Smith. He's an Atlanta kid. Uh, you know what he offers shooting. I think the upside there. You know, it's hard to develop handles, but I I think he could be really really good. I think Chad is unlike anything we've really seen obviously the frame makes you a little bit nervous but his defensive instincts are awesome and you know Vancaro looks like one of those top scoring options um you know that we see around the league we kind of know what all stars look like and he has the you know he has the look of one so all three of those guys but suppose if I had to I'd go with Jabari because shooting is you know the ultimate game changer but you I don't really think you can go wrong with any of the top three yeah I like Jabari a lot um, to me, he's kind of right now. He's kind of a John Collins type player that you can play as a part of as a rotation four. You know, athletic guy. He already can shoot. You know, Collins really couldn't come in. This guy can already shoot. Um, I mean, I like I like him a lot there. And you hope that he can develop, as, as Gabe was mentioned. You hope he can develop more of a more of a uh, off the bounce game. He's already a good pull up, you know, shooter, which is which is big. It usually takes time for guys to develop that. So I like Jabari a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and buck the trend here, and I'm going to pick Chet Holmgren to go uh, first overall. I just don't think you see a lot of guys with his size and his skill set very often. I mean, again, they call him a unicorn for a reason. He's got a soft touch around the rim. He's got great shot blocking instincts, and he he can get to the other end pretty quickly. So obviously teams have concerns about his weight, but I think that's something that you can you know, add on to. I think a lot of them are going to be focusing on that, especially in his first year. Michael, do you think he can beef up a little bit or is he going to get snapped in half? <laughs> the frame scares me, man. That really scares me. It really he's does. Skinny. He, he's a skinny guy. Uh, he's obviously a guy you're going to have to kind of wait on to kind of to fill into his frame. Uh, but skill-wise, the guy, I mean, he's really good. He's very – if you're a skilled big man, I mean, that's hard, that's hard to pass up. You know, you just – you can imagine GM saying, "We'll just we'll put the weight on him," and every you know, and he's already got all the, everything else. We'll just put the weight on him. So obviously, a very great prospect, but man, that size scares me. Just give him plenty of peanut butter shakes. <laughs> Before we go on to the mailbag here, we probably should explain why Landry Fields is technically the GM now. Yeah, so I'm I'm still under Travis. He's still a decision maker. A lot of my role is some of the day-to-day stuff and making sure that our group in the front office is unified and operating at its best so that we can funnel information to him for him to make the best decision possible. So leading that charge, I'm excited about it. We've got a great group. Lauren, so does this change much in the structure or is it still kind of Travis Schlink's roster and his pick here on Thursday? 
You know, I think it's still Travis's show. Uh, I think Landry Fields just said it best there. He's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting and making sure things run smoothly for this organization so that when it is time to make those decisions, uh, Travis has a little bit less to think about. But at the end of the day, I think it's Travis's pick to make. Michael, are we at sort of the make-or-break offseason for Schlink, or are we not there yet? Uh, we're not there so long as Trey, Trey Young is around, right? Uh, <laughs> Gabe had mentioned being on the clock. Trey's got five more years. So you got up to five more years to put a championship team around him, uh, probably less if he doesn't like the, uh, the direction of the franchise. I mean, that's how the power the players have nowadays, which I'm all for it. I like it. I know a lot of people don't. Um, you know, Trey is a young guy. These guys are on social media all the time on NBA Twitter. You know, he's seen the slander from the Miami series like people people have been yeah. people have been killing him for it. So, you know, you don't want to go through that every year where people are, you know, it didn't happen last year. Last year it was like, hey, good run. This year he got slandered. You don't want Trey Young to be slandered on NBA Twitter if you're the Hawks. <laughs> well, just for fun here, name the starting five for the Hawks in October. We'll go around the room. Michael, you first. <laughs> wow. Man, so much could happen between now. It's, <laughs> yes. it's like 10 NBA years. Uh, I'm gonna say, let's say Trey Young. Heck, who's gonna be the two? Is it gonna be Bogey? Still, probably Trey Bogey. Bogey, if, if you can't get off that contract. Uh, let's say, for the heck of it, Jeremy Grant. <laughs> uh, Clint Capella. Let's say John Collins is still here somehow. Let's go big. Uh, Trey is the only one I feel comfortable saying. I'll I'll go the <laughs> other way. I, I don't think Collins is gonna be here. So I'll go the other way on it, I guess. Um, but aside from that, like, yeah, I think Boggy's going to be here. I think that, honestly, I think the injury's partly reason why. And we'll see from there. I, I think about everything is in play for this team. I'm going to go with Trey as the one. We're going to keep Bogey as the two. This is going to be a wild card, uh, shot in the dark kind of situation, but this is, this is going to be my, my first hot take. Uh, I think Kevin Knox takes a, a, takes a step forward this summer and really impresses them in some way, and d they decide he's the starting three of the future. If they can't move on from Collins, he's obviously going to be the four. And I think there's some truth to the Clint Capella rumors that they're, they're shopping him around, so... You know, if he's gone, then I think that's going to be Onyeka Okwangu as, as the five. All right, well, just because we have a regime change here at the Hawks Report does not mean that we will stop the mailbag segment. But first, uh, we do want to thank uh, Michael and Gabe for their time here. Thank you guys for popping in, and we'll catch up with you guys after the draft. All right, thanks, guys. All right, so let's move into Lawrence's first mailbag, and we're answering your questions on Twitter at... Williams Lauren L. All right, so first question comes from at... Not new to this, and he asks, or she... Do you have your Trey Young jersey yet? Now, as, of course, the reporter of the team, you, you do not have uh, NBA jerseys. But I'm curious to know, who um, who was your favorite player growing up? Any sport? Uh, you know, I'm a swimmer, so Michael Phelps ah. was probably one of my favorite athletes, as well as Usain Bolt. As a Jamaican, we can't, you know, turn away from our fellow countrymen. But if I'm going with NBA, I'd probably say, you know, either Rashid Wallace or uh, Ben Wallace. All right, next up from J.D. Also, Brooke, what are your top three players on your wish list for the Hawks to acquire? So this question, 
you know, I feel like it's a kind of two-part one. So if we're talking in the draft, you know, I kind of like Dyson Daniels. He has a lot of good size to him, and I think he could be really complimentary to Trey Young. Um, I also like, uh, as I said previously, Ohai uh, Agbaji. I'm, I might be butchering his name. I'm still getting up to speed with how to pronounce that. And I really like Jalen Duran if we're going to go with a big man who's probably in that tier where the, the Hawks can pick. Um, now, if we're talking free agents, um, you know, coming from Detroit, I really liked Jeremy Grant's game. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I think that he is somebody that, you know, could be complimentary to this roster. Um, he's really shown his potential as an offensive, um, you know, option. He's worked on his three-point game, and he's got a lot of potential there on the outside. And he's a really good defender, which is something that the Hawks really need. Um, you know, we've got Miles Bridges, who is a restricted free agent. And should the Hawks decide to move on from John Collins, he could be a pretty decent um, fill-in there. And if we're talking big men, I I kind of like Rudy Gobert, especially as uh, Michael so pointed out. He's got really great instincts and can really shrink the floor. And, uh, you know, again, the Hawks need as many uh, defensive powerhouses as they possibly can get. All right, from at Evil Dallas. About three <laughs> months ago, Jeff Teague was announced as joining the club as a scout. Any yep. update on what that entails? Did he participate in draft prep, or is he going to be a game scout? So he is mostly just doing college scouting, and he's based out of Indy. So he's, I mean, there's not really much update there. Scouts are just, you know, watching games, especially with college games. So I'm sure he gave his input as far as, you know, potential people or prospects that the Hawks should target in the draft. But that's as much as I got when I, I checked in on that one. All right, and finally from at Cars with Chris Gent now gone, what other kind of assistant coaching staff moves, if any, will we see heading into mm -hmm. the season? Will they promote from within or look outside? Mm -hmm. You know, I can kind of see them doing a pro promote from within. But again, with them trying to kind of change their defensive identity, I could kind of see them going out and trying to find someone who is a bit of a, a defensive wizard. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to go out and get Sean Sweeney from Dallas because he's got a really good relationship with Jason Kidd there, but I'm sure that there are plenty of other options out there that they might be able to target who who want a change of scenery, who might want more responsibility. Um, so we'll see where they go from there. But it's still a little bit too soon with that just because, you know, they're focused on the draft right now. So we'll check back in on that one closer to Summer League. All right, so that's where we will leave it for our uh, draft preview show. And Lauren, your first actual uh, Hawksport podcast. Congratulations. How did it feel? Yeah. It felt really good. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the feedback is from fans and, you know, what they want to know. And you guys are also helping me do my job by asking these questions. It gives a lot of perspective of what you guys want to know and what we should be focusing on uh, when we do get a chance to get in front of the front office and the players and everything like that. So please keep the, keep the comments coming, keep the questions coming. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, building this podcast even further. And if you do have any feedback, please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. That stuff actually does matter. If you give us a good rating, it helps uh, grow the show. If it gives us a bad rating, then it tells us uh, where we need to improve on. So we will take any and all <laughs> exactly. feedback. And that's it for this edition of the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean Breeze. 
tropical beach, Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.